Thanks so much, Allison, for joining the show today. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. So I'm super excited to have you on today. Talk about you and all your talents. So you're a realtor. You're a uh, design advisor, a coach. You do readings. All right. So tell us a little bit more about you and how you got into everything. Oh, gosh. Wow. Well, how much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) As long as you want. How about that? Yeah. Well, you know, I think that um, I always, to, to put quickly, like the realtor and design aspect, I've always loved real estate. And I really do believe that where we live houses our energy. It's like a sacred space. So I tried to honor that, you know, when I go into real estate, but I kind of, I do real estate because I love it, but it's also kind of the moneymaker so that I can do um, and service clients or service people in an energy sense and not have to charge them or charge them as much, you know, so to make it affordable for people. Um, so yeah, so I got into real estate years ago, but I was born, you know, we all have special skills and things we can do. And I was born with the ability just to, um, I can feel what people are feeling. I can read their energy. I can read their emotions. I just know things about people. Um, it's been like that, obviously, since I was a little kid. And I thought that everybody had that kind of skill and it just was totally normal to me still is. But, you know, over time you realize like not everybody is, is plugging into everybody else's feelings and thoughts. So, um, you know, everybody is just energy and everything is energy. So when I'm connecting to somebody's energy, I'm connecting to their consciousness, not necessarily their body. Right. So If somebody leaves their body or they're in a coma or they pass away, I'm still able to connect with that energy. Um, People say, oh, that's so weird. Like you talk to dead people or whatever. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's like, okay, well, if you want to think of it that way, you can. But really, I was never connecting with the body to begin with. It was always somebody's consciousness. And um, yeah, I just, you know, once I realized it was something that was like a skill and that not everybody had it. And it was a little weird to some people. It took me down this lifelong journey of sort of what is it? What's the science behind it? Um, And then I started doing kind of readings, if you will, for people years and years ago. And then I got into energy psychology. I'm almost done with a PhD. um, And I was to have a master's in leadership and did human dynamics and stuff. But basically it was just to be able to find out what is going on? You know, what is human? What is body? What's matter? And then what is not of the body, which is like noetic sciences and things like that. So I pursued education to back up what was already happening to me. Um, and then realized, you know, I think that what people are really looking for in a psychologist is something different than what I have to offer. So I didn't go into licensed psychology for that reason, Mm -hmm. but pursued a PhD in psychology to be able to say, you know, what is this that we're talking about and kind of go into those other realms. But uh, yeah, so basically though, what I tend to be able to pick up on people is where they're, uh, where they need growth, where things are not going so terribly well. So it can be, intense work. Um, and I think, as you know, as somebody who's empathetic or em- empathic, I should say, it's really tough when you're around people who have that kind of constricted energy going on. It can be very tangible. For so sure. yeah. yeah, it's hard. It can be, it can be hard. 
Yeah. Almost like bring you down. Right. And, and it's like, Oh no, you know? Yeah. Kind of like what we've talked about before offline is you really do need to learn how to um, like create a boundary, almost a, an energetic boundary. However you do that yep. to not take on other people's stuff. When I was a little kid, I was a total basket case. Mm-hmm. I'm a complete basket case. I was like, couldn't go into malls. I couldn't go into busy places at all. Um, I was taking on everybody else's energy and you know, you're however old, you don't know that you're right. You can't articulate that. And I think when we see kids who are struggling in that capacity, that's exactly what's happening. We just don't give that its name. Right. You know, so a lot to be said there. No, for sure. Like, yeah, because like you meet around some people who give you a lot of energy, right? Or people who take and suck the life out of you. Yeah. Like energy <laughs> vampires. Yeah. Yeah. You can feel that. I mean, I think anyone, anybody can, can sense that. I mean, we all have these skills, right? We're all picking up on stuff like that, but some people are really like, if I do a reading, mm-hmm. um, I usually have to take the next day off because I'm just wiped out. It's the strangest thing. I'll get a headache or I have no energy at all or totally scattered. Um, Yeah. So it's just weird. It's an exchange. Mm -hmm. It's like if we could put goggles on, special goggles on, and we could see how energy frequency and energy um, signatures are kind of crashing into other Mm -hmm. things. We would be astounded by how we're sort of puppeted by all those types of things. Yeah. It sounds kooky, but I mean, some people think I'm very strange, (laughs) but um, it's normal to me. You know, it's always been this way. So I understand people's skepticism, but it's a real thing. And if we can understand that emotions are energy and that they are really impacting the way you're thinking and feeling, it's impacting your immune system. It's impacting your health. It's responsible for your ability to heal or not heal. If we really knew that we would probably give it way more attention and stop looking at some of that science as fringe science and realize that it's, it's peer reviewed, you know, it's just as important as anything else out there allopathically. Um, So it's very exciting to me. I'm a big, huge research dork. So like, I love, I love all that stuff. Yeah, no, it's very intriguing, very interesting. So thanks for sharing that. So what made you want to start like helping people and start doing readings? Gosh, I think it's mainly just because I knew stuff. Mm. I mean, I would be having conversations with people and stuff would just come up because I see things in my mind's eye and I hear things in my mind's ear, if that makes any sense. And then I feel it. I can literally feel somebody's emotions. So when I would be talking to people, things would just be coming up and they would be looking at me like, you know, where did, how do you know that? Where's that coming from? Or they'd say, yes, exactly. That's it. Because we're talking about things that they couldn't really articulate, but they were feeling. So it's kind of like emotions in my mind are a big giant ball of yarn when they're all jumbled up, you know, that there's like a tiny little piece there somewhere that you have to just gently start pulling and unraveling. And a lot of times when someone's emotionally unregulated, they are, they're a big giant ball of yarn and they, Mm -hmm. they know that they're feeling stuff, but they can't unravel it. Yeah. So I'd be having conversations with people and I'd hit on something. And then all of a sudden we're unraveling Mm -hmm. and people would feel really validated 
they would feel seen, they would feel like they just gained some kind of insight. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, this kind of has a healing component to it. Um, so I just thought if I could help, you know, somehow, and then I would just like start talking to people, maybe they lost somebody and stuff would come up, you know, and, and random places, you know, like at my husband's company party, (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know this person and something's happening and, and we're having a moment. So it's like, okay, if I can do this. Yeah. And I can help somebody somehow, then I really, I feel just compelled to do it. But I also feel really bad about charging money for it mm-hmm. as it just doesn't feel right to me, although it is my time and it's my energy and I don't judge anybody who does charge for it, Yeah. but I wanted to have something else going on so that I could just be selective in who I'm helping. If, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, kind of yeah. sounds funny, but you know, some people are really just so toxic. You can't even go there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's kind of how that got started. And, uh, and, you know, it's been years and years since I've tried to do it with intention. Yeah. But even as a little kid, like we would go to a restaurant and I would see an older person sitting there by themselves eating. And I would just be so distraught. And I remember going over to one particular person it was a gentleman. He was really old and he was sipping on a soup. And I sat down and I looked at him and I said, she is so happy that you would come here today because this, you know, every Tuesday at this time was when you would come and have your dinner together in this very same spot. And he just looked at me. (laughs) I think I was like five or something, but I just knew that every Tuesday at this time in this place, he would have his, his dinner with his wife there. That's what they did every week. And she was, I just felt so happy that he was there, that he came anyway, blah, blah, blah. And she had just died the Saturday before. Wow. So yeah, it was just, you know, cause he got talking um, to my mom about it. So it was just like, really, it's just been a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's upsetting to some people. I hope I didn't upset that poor man, but you know, when you just, when it's something that you just know or it's hard to not say something, mm-hmm. you know, cause you just don't, I don't know. Sometimes you don't know what's yours and what isn't. And yeah. Yeah. Wow. So was that guy, was he open to you when you were telling him as this little girl, like what was happening? <laughs> yeah, he, he was, he got teary eyed and, oh. and, um, said, you know, thank you little miss for saying yeah. that to me or whatever. He's probably old enough to know weird things happen in life. Um, and I think it helped that I was tiny because it's a little (laughs) less threatening or it could be a little bit more creepy when it's coming from a tiny child. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think he probably realized, you know, he's an old, he's seen things I bet. Right. Wow. Uh, How cool is that? So does anyone else in your family have the same gift or is it just you? Yeah. They do. Yeah. Yeah. My mom, um, even though it wasn't anything that she really recognized or went after, she, would be, she's had some situations where, um, she, for example, had a friend whose younger daughter was going to had a really like crazy curve in her spine Mm. and they were going to do this surgery to correct it. And they were really on the fence, but my mom was talking to her and just didn't really know about it at all. She just knew that her daughter was going to have surgery. And the long and the short of it is, is that 
she, I think she like bent over to give something to the mother or whatever and touched her hand Mm -hmm. and stood up and said, you cannot have the surgery. You cannot, don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, and she said that when that was coming out of her mouth, she was like, be quiet because you're not going to, Wow. You know, you shouldn't advise somebody to do or not do something medical. What am I doing? Right. You know, she was shocking herself mm. that um, she was saying anything and it really spooked the mom. Yeah. And it turns out that they didn't do it and they should not have done it at that time. Mm-hmm. I think they did it later, but it was a great call. And she's had stuff like that happen where she'd be walking on a beach and accidentally like hit someone, you know, as they're passing yeah. through the. And then something like that would come up or she would know when the phone was going to ring or something like that. But she's a very, you know, traditional person. So that never really went anywhere. And my daughter is, um, she's crazy, you know, and I, I say this, she's an amazing tarot reader and I tarot, I always have like one eyebrow up because I'm, (laughs) I'm a sciencey person. So I'm very, very skeptical and tarot, it to me is always one of those like parlor tricks, but I've come to realize that cards and stuff are just sometimes a way for people to focus the energy. Mm. It's just like a means, you know, to focus. She's crazy good at it. She's had people who have said, okay, that's enough wow. because it's so dead on. Um, but she gets a lot of that from her dad's side of the family. Her, her grandfather uh, used to be able to, I can't remember what you call it. Ah, it's escaping me, but when you hold on to an object and you can locate people through, yeah, yeah, he used to do that for the police department downriver in Michigan. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, I want that. You know, that right. would be like amazing. You know, <laughs> yeah. But he could slow his brain waves down, way, way down. Mm-hmm. And um, there's really interesting, compelling, fascinating research about uh, brain patterns, brain frequencies, and what you can do in certain states. And he was just able to do it at will. Wow. That's amazing. How do we learn that skill? (laughs) (laughs) I am way too ADD to be able to get to that point, I think. But he almost goes into like a trance state. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I know it's really cool. And I think he ended up stopping that too, because there were some things that happened that were just really disturbing and he just didn't want to, you know, so it does have, it's cool, but it's got real consequences. Yeah. Has anything happened to you or you're kind of like, Oh, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Well, not, not where I would want to stop, but there have been, I can't, you know, it's really hard to describe this, but if I, connect with energy that's no longer in a vessel. Okay. Like no longer in a body. Yeah. It's really difficult for me. It never leaves me until I'm able to give it. Okay. So there is an instance where a friend of my nephews, um, at a very, very young age, uh, like 10 or 11 out of the blue, right after eating dinner, went downstairs and shot himself with his whole family upstairs. And the long and short of it is, is that it does it, it never made any sense mm-hmm. at all. And years and years ago, I connected with his energy and he is adamant that that is not what happened. 
but my sister and I don't know the family. I don't know them at all. Mm-hmm. I don't even know their last names, but my sister is not about it. Mm. And it really is hard for me because I can feel the kids' energy. I know things, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, about the situation. I kept saying, you know, like, I know that his dad knows something more than he's sharing and something's, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it turns out that everything that I was telling, like my mom, mm-hmm. that later bits and pieces of it were being revealed to be aligned with what I had already said. Right. And I don't, I don't need the um, validation. Mm-hmm. It just drives me crazy though, because I could still feel the urgency of that mm-hmm. energy in front of me. Yeah. And I cannot do anything with it. So it's, it, it's hard yeah. because I can think about it now and it'll immediately call the energy back in. And so I just, I want so badly to give that message to his mother with all the other details that I have, mm-hmm. but I don't know them. I would never reach out to somebody like that and do that. Right. And the only go-between would be my own sister who is not, mm. a, a not into that at all. Yeah. So that's parts hard. And then the other thing too is when you're dealing with like children or loved ones, mm-hmm. sometimes it's really hard for me to know what is literal and what is symbolic. Yeah. I have to give you the information and you have to make it make sense for me because I don't know right. what is, has really occurred and what is just a symbol. Mm-hmm. So I always, again, as a skeptical person, I'm afraid I'm going to hurt someone, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Make them sad or insult somebody or be really wrong or something like that. Right. So it's like a self-doubt thing where you just don't, you know, you see like Teresa Caputo on. Yeah. I love her. (laughs) Right. And she's just Johnny on the spot, Johnny on the spot. Well, one of the things about people like that is that they have just been doing it for so many years out in the open that they've learned their own symbols. They've learned to know when someone is extending their energy to them. They know to trust the process. They're comfortable with being misinterpreted. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, it's just kind of like flexing a muscle. The more that you do it, the the more familiar you are with your own clues. Like for example, when energy is extended to me or is present, it's, (laughs) I don't know why, Mm -hmm. but I will get chills from like, two inches below my knees up to two inches above my knees. And it'll just be like, like goosebumps all the way up and down that area. And I don't know if it's because I'm most grounded through the legs or what. Interesting. Yeah. But that's how I'll know that something's there is it'll just be like, like somebody put you know this section of my legs into a freezer. Basically. Yeah. I don't know why that, not my pinky finger or something. I mean, it, I don't know. So, so I would probably do it more often and more loud and proud about it. If I, you know, I was just trying to take care of people's, you know, emotional well-being and some of those other psychics or whatever they call themselves. They're just, they're, they don't want to hold on to the energy. So they are right. They've learned it can make you really sick. It can just be too much to hold. So they want to just get rid of it come what may. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're only seeing edited portions of it anyway. So, 
This is true, right? We don't, we don't really know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. It's so interesting yeah. you say that. Cause like, yeah. um, for me, like, like my whole body is chills, you know, when, when really? I it, yeah. And I feel like almost as if someone's there, but there's no, I don't see anything, you know, yeah. looking in that direction, yes. I see nothing, but I'm like, something's there. Yeah. Track, like, is my dog looking in the same area, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> sometimes he is and I'm yes. like, you probably yeah. see what I feel, you know, not that he can talk back, but then it just like validates it and I feel better a little bit, you know, but um, yeah, so- well, yeah, for real. It's like, it's an energy disturbance. Mm-hmm. The quality of the energy has changed. The vibration of the energy has changed. The particle charge is different because of that higher vibration. So um, yeah, it feels weird. And it's almost like, Anyone though, anybody has the ability to sense that. Yeah. But as soon as you doubt it or mm-hmm. you've just lowered your own frequency. So yeah. now you're not going to receive it as well as if you were, you know, more open to it. Exactly. And because I've talked to some people, they're like, nope, it's scary as hell. Nope. <laughs> and you know, I'm like, yeah, here's how this happened to all of us, you know. And I'm like, you know, that one time when you couldn't explain it, but then your mind is trying to justify it and doesn't right. make any sense still. And so right. my friends are like, don't even go deeper. It doesn't make sense. But yeah, the brain is trying to make it make sense. Well, yes. It's amazing. That's an amazing point. Because yeah. while we're housed in matter, yeah, we have to use the partnership with the brain mm-hmm. to translate energy into something that's going to make sense to our vessel's function. Yeah. So like when we're dreaming we're tethered to the body, but the consciousness doesn't have to rest. The body does. Mm -hmm. So the body's powering down and the consciousness is sort of free to roam and it's kind of doing its own thing and its own vibratory, you know, dimensional, whatever, which sounds like a bunch of wacko stuff, but Mm -hmm. you know, even quantum physics, physics understands this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, when you're dreaming and some things are like off or feel weird or whatever, it's because you're still tethered to that vessel. So if you are lucid enough to be dreaming and know that you're dreaming, you're still though taking the real experience that's being had and translating it through the brain. Yeah. So it's always going to be distorted while you have a brain. And until we don't have a brain, we won't really know, right. you know, like it's a double-edged sword because, you know, until we don't have a brain, it's like when people are talking about near-death experiences, there's a lot of similarities um, from a research point of view. If you're looking for consistency, there's a lot of similarities when people say like they instantly know kind of everything. They have mm-hmm. a thought, they have a question, they have the answer. It's not like it's a linear process. Mm-hmm. It's a spark and it's a spark and it's, you know, it's like a constant yeah. evolution and cyclical motion of energy. So I think what, what's interesting is when people have fear, that is fear is the lowest vibration of emotion. So that is the most constricting and doubt is along, you know, that same line. It's not as constricting as fear, but it's still on the left side of neutral. So like if on the left side is the worst, you know, most constricting vibrations and on the right hand side of the arbitrary scale is like bliss or love. And it's the highest vibration. And then there's a neutral in the middle, anything like fear, doubt, grief, anger, whatever, that's all left side of neutral, which is constricting vibration. 
And so if you're having an experience where something's actually there and you have any kind of thought or emotion that is vibrating at a constricting frequency, it will like a radio that is not tuned to the right channel. It will not occur. So I'll get a lot of people actually, as I'm like going off on a tangent here, but I'll get moms, you know, who are grieving their children or something. And they'll say, you know, I just want to feel them. I just, you know, Mm -hmm. I just want to have, I can't feel them. Why, you know, if there's a God or if these things are possible and this is really the truth, why can't I feel them? It's because the grief is so great. Mm. When the grief is so great and that emotion is so powerful, it's so constricting. Mm -hmm. You know, your loved one is up here not really, but just for visual purposes, it's so, it's so high vibrating. Mm -hmm. It's an unlimited, pure vibration. And in order to meet that, you have to be expansive Mm -hmm. and that comes with love. But as soon as you put grief into the picture, you're now going like this. And so they just don't cross, you know, so much as a lot of times people have dreams about their kids in their sleep, you know, yeah, because they're not they're not governed by that, right? Their their consciousness is free to roam. We see our loved ones in our sleep, but yeah. it's really because your consciousness is meeting their consciousness, and you have the ability in that state to communicate. But yeah. as soon as you wake up and your brain gets involved again, and it triggers your emotional world, yeah, it's gone. Mm. So it's just so fascinating to me because if we can work through pain, if we can work through grief, um, there's really no limit to what we can know and do. Right. Absolutely. No, I love that. And explain that too makes sense because people do tend to see loved ones in their dreams only, but yes, they're awake, you know, they're like, why can't I see them? And most of the time they don't. Yeah. Or they can't even feel it. You know, they can't even feel them. It's it's because literally energy is the game. It's the name of the game. If you imagine where your loved ones are at, I said this to you before offline, like I always pick 94.9. I don't know why it was the classic rock radio station. Maybe I just love it. (laughs) But anyway, if if they're at a 94.9 and you're feeling you're emanating and your, your energy, subtle body energy is really vibrating emotionally at a lower frequency, Mm a 92.1, 90.4, it's not the right vibration. Yeah. And it's just, oh gosh, I wish if I could do anything, I would, I used to do a lot of coaching where I would coach people how to turn up the dial, yeah. you know, but you, you have to do a lot of work for sure to move up the vibrational chain. Mm. So, you know, a lot of people just don't want to put in that energy. It's uncomfortable. For so sure. yeah. And have you had it where people worked with you and then they were able to turn up that frequency and were they able mm. to feel loved ones? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Awesome. Cause we're, you're teaching them how to see and listen and, f- you know, you're not going to right when the vessel's gone, clearly like we see and tactily tangibly with our five senses, whatever. Yeah. Once that matter is gone, the vessel's gone. I mean, you're not going to connect with it in the exact same way that you're used to. So it's a retraining mm-hmm. and you have to feel it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the uh, the emotional life is your consciousness. It is your spirit. It is your receiver. It's your communicators, your sender, your receiver, your listening device. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just so, so distracted by our five, five other senses mm-hmm. 
that we have also poo-pooed intuition, the sixth sense as a like extra gut thing. Like, no, 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 that's the primary one. (laughs) Right, right. Where you're doing all of your sending and receiving, you just don't know that. Mm -hmm. And all the other five come after that one. Those that, you know. So I try to teach them how to feel mm-hmm. um, in a different way than they've been taught to feel as a human being. Yeah. So it's so hard though. Gosh, you have to work through a lot, especially with grief stuff. Yeah. You've got to really work through that to get there. And it's, mm-hmm. it can be really overwhelming. For sure. Yeah. It's amazing work though. Like to be able yeah. to one, like tune into that. Especially yeah. Afraid, you know, they're afraid to actually, it's like they want to feel it, but then once, if they kind of do, they're afraid and like mm-hmm. cut it down, you know? So like, just from my own experience, I used as a kid, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> this is so weird. Like, and I used to always say, you know, I'm one of seven. I used to always say, why is it just me? Why is it always happening to me? You know, or I'll go to like a cousin's house and I'm like, something is here. And they're like, you're crazy. And I'm like, you guys don't understand. Something's here that doesn't want us here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know? there's a funny thing about families. I mean, we're thinking in human way, right? Like yeah. you just happen to be born in a blood family, mm-hmm. but, and this is debatable, but this, obviously it's debatable, but Um, all my research or whatever you want to call it, my experience has taught me that each one of us is a consciousness who has built upon experience after experience after experience. And just because you were born in this body with this brother and this sister, Mm -hmm. it does not mean that their consciousness has had the same, um, vibratory tuning, vibratory experiences. And so it's really not uncommon at all to be one of the only people in a family, because really all you have, because really that thinking is just very human. It's very blood bone, you know, where the rest of it is like, you may not really have anything in common conscious wise, consciousness wise with the person that you grew up with, who is your twin, you know? Right. Right. But I, I think, you know, your school of thought, anybody's spiritual schools of thought, their paradigms are going to be really responsible for that tuning too. Yeah. Um, if you're somebody who really buys into a certain dogma that mm-hmm. does not say that, or that says that kind of thing is not possible, mm-hmm. then you've just shut the radio off basically <laughs> for sure. And if you're someone like, I'm pretty sure that you always have been somebody who's kind of like looking at the mystery of life with yeah. both eyes open, no matter yeah. what you've been told, yep. <laughs> then, um, yeah, then you're going to automatically have a frequency that's like ready for, it's like primed and ready to tune. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I love you described like that. Cause yeah, I've always been one who's curious, like, and, and okay. And then like, and why, like, okay, some things just don't make sense. Right. There's other yeah. things that exist beyond us, oh, right? Yeah. You know, and people are like, that sounds weird. I'm like, but, or is it that it scares people? So if they categorize it as weird. Yeah. You know, well, totally. Yeah. Because we've been conditioned. It just depends. Like if we were born, I don't know how many years ago in ancient Egypt or something, right? we yeah. would have a totally different understanding of what it is because our culture really dictates yeah. Our paradigms, which we have to be really aware of and really careful of yeah. is 
the, what you think is the truth mm-hmm. is not necessarily the truth at all, but you just buy it hook, line and sinker because that's what everybody does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, it's funny because, uh, Keanu Reeves said, I'm going to butcher this, but mm-hmm. he goes about the matrix. He said the matrix was a documentary, mm-hmm. not a fiction. And everyone's like, Ooh, you know, right. like, but what he's basically saying is that, right. Is this concept, right. everything is weaved yeah. as a narrative and as a social conditioning, a cultural conditioning, a whatever type of conditioning. And so we're living all of the, all of us living along this little weave of, mm. of reality, but somewhere down here is really what's happening. Yeah. And people who are having podcasts like this or coaching, like you're coaching, we're interested in what is happening here. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we have to function up here because that's where the masses function. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are some folks who have decided to like abandon that mass production of reality entirely, but they're the ones that are like, so out there, you know, then yeah. it's just hard for anyone to relate to. And if they're living their best life, like, cool, I'm kind of jealous, right. but you know, in some ways where some of us are choosing kind of mainstream lives. And so you have to play along to a certain extent. Yeah, for sure. No, I love you describe like that because the underneath is where it's like, where the root of the problem is, is where all the good stuff really is that people. Yeah. Talk about, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so true. I mean, it, and then the people that do talk about that stuff, society has also over many, many years. Yeah has um, created the story that it's the kooks and the conspiracy theorists and stuff like that. So it's just, you know, it's just, uh, I think we're going to see a shift though in some of that stuff. Um, We've been there before as a, as a human race, you know, where we've been more spiritual and more connected to our energy and with the um, influx of modern medicines and allopathic medicine, you know, that has its day in the sun where all of a sudden you're curing things that quicker and, you know, whatever, and they seem to be magic pills and things like that. Yeah. I have my whole sidebar conversation I can have about that, right? But, <laughs> um, you know, but um, yeah, for sure. Like if I have a bone sticking out of my skin, please take me to the, to the surgeon. And fix right, it. right. <laughs> you know? Please, please. Um, but I think we're going to see some of that come back where we're really looking at this again with fresh eyes and meet science, spirituality, and technology all in a cool place. Yeah, that would be amazing. Just because think about like how many people can, you know, heal just with natural remedies, you know, without having mm-hmm. to take those pills or whatever it is, you know, like if our thoughts create our reality, right? So if we've been, you know, I've met people who are like, I'm sick all the time. I go, but is it because you think you're sick all the time? No. So you yeah. feelings that you're always sick, go to the doctor, they find nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And like we were talking about offline before too, that term psychoneuroimmunology, mm-hmm. that's that fancy term for basically what and how you think and feel is impacting your immune system. It's an entire area of research mm-hmm. and it's not quack research. It's real stuff. And if people were interested, I mean, I know you have to be interested in this kind of thing, but 
they, your mind would be blown people. If you knew what they find in this stuff, like I think we were talking about this, but just this idea of this one research that comes to mind, um, placebo and nocebo research where, you know, over and over and over again, they've got studies that show like there was 66 people or something like that who were taking a medicine that they were told was going to make them lose their hair. Yeah. And it was supposed to, I didn't even know what it was supposed to treat. So -hmm. they take it and like a huge percentage, like 30 some percent or something of the people who took it lost their hair and they were taking a sugar pill. Wow. It was literally the equivalent of chewing on a Skittle every day. Yeah. And they lost their hair. That's a huge, a huge, you know, 30% or whatever. I'm, I'm butchering that. I can definitely find the right numbers, but um, yeah, just the fact that that happens at all, or like, you know, um, that's the nocebo effect where you believe that something that someone tells you something bad's going to happen and it does happen, you know, and then placebo is there's another research thing where this guy had like stage four, terrible, terrible cancer tumors, huge tumors everywhere. Mm -hmm. And he was trying this clinical trial and he took it. And the doctor was really, you know, pretty um, positive about what it was going to do. And he, his tumors were shrinking. He was going into remission. He was totally healthy. Cancer was gone. Mm -hmm. And it was like that for like a year. And then the next year, it came out that that medication was actually junk, that it wasn't going to do anything. It was not even touching it. The um, long-term research was showing it was totally ineffective. Mm. And so then that guy heard about that mm-hmm. and he, all the stuff came back and then he went back to the doctor and the doctor was like, Hmm, kind of curious to see mm. if I play with this a little bit, what happens? So he told the guy, no, 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 that's not right at all. And he basically convinced this man that it, that was wrong. Mm-hmm. So he was faith was restored. It came, he took it all gone again. And then it just was undeniable after a couple of years that the medicine was junk. Mm-hmm. And then he was convinced it was junk. It all came back and he died. I mean, so like, wow. it sounds like a story, but the research is real. And it, it's just, you know, examples over and over again. And with my own daughter who had cancer and went through chemo, mm-hmm. um, she didn't have really any side effects at all mm-hmm. because she didn't know about them. I wow. didn't tell her about them. Mm-hmm. I let the doctors tell me about them. So she didn't know that this, 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 this could happen. Yeah. And she had the most incredible experience. I can't even tell you. So I just think that um, if, if you want to heal, there's radical healing and radical remissions and stuff that people have healed from that they should not have healed from. Yeah. There are accounts of people who've nearly died, mm-hmm. had a near death experience, come back into the body and it's gone. Yeah. Those are the types of things with research mm-hmm. that even if you can't find yourself believing it a hundred percent, or even it sounds too good to be true or whatever, know that that stuff is there. It's real. Mm-hmm. And if it can happen for thousands of people that you don't even know, then right. it can happen for you. Mm-hmm. And what do you want to do with that? Yeah. So like that jazzes me up all the time because 
I'm a huge believer. If one person could do something that everyone can. You know? right, right. So like, if there's this research where thousands of people are having mm-hmm. this kind of thing happening, then that is enough for me to say anyone, it applies to everyone. Yeah. It's just whether or not you're choosing to raise that vibration and have the faith that this is true or not true. Yeah. And yes, you're right. Absolutely. With your clients or I'm sick all the time. It is because they expect it. Mm-hmm. They believe it. Yeah. And they have tuned their frequency to, to mm-hmm. turn that energy upon themselves. And that energy is now doing exactly what you told it to do. Yeah. It's manifesting in physiological and physical symptoms mm-hmm. because you told it to. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. No, for sure. It's interesting. Yeah. Cause you know, cause a lot of times people are like, no, you know, there's no such thing as coincidence. Right. And I'm like, everything happens. I believe everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to no, like good or bad to teach us lessons. Right. And even with like spiritual stuff or whatever you want to believe in, you know, I always just say, whether you believe in the universe, God, Buddha, whatever, right. <laughs> you know, whatever you believe in, there is a higher power, you know, there is someone else or people, whatever you want to call it. That's, yeah you know, out there, maybe you believe to not believe it's there, but there, you can't say that there's not things that happen and you just can't explain. Yeah. Like, like, Hmm, that's interesting. Or like you happen to meet somebody and you're like, wow, I feel like I've known them my whole life, you know? And it's like, Hmm, interesting, but you don't know them at all. Mm-hmm. You know? So like, even when I met my husband, I was like, Oh, how have I never met you before? Happened to be at all the same places. Just timing wasn't right. So we yeah. never met. Yeah. Until- later, you know, and people are like, that's bullshit. You guys knew each other. I go, no, honestly, I really never knew who he was. Yeah. You know, well, it, it's a choice you're making. You, you can either see the miracle or yeah. the tragedy or something in between. Mm-hmm. I just ask people, whatever it is that you're choosing to believe, how's that working for you? Yeah. Because you'd believe whatever you want. Yeah. And if you're so happy and you feel, you know, happy is not a word I love. If you're peaceful and you feel fulfilled and you have gratitude yeah. and you feel content and, you know, for the most part, all is right in your world and you can handle pretty much anything coming your way because of this belief, whatever it is that you have good for you. A hundred percent. I mean, right. But I, you know, feel like as a skeptic too, someone who's always been searching Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really easy to believe in something in between the miracle and tragedy. Mm-hmm. But if I don't think people are peaceful, mm-hmm. grateful, content, I just think that they're not as many as there should be for as many people who are so confident yeah. in what they believe. Well, it's not really working for you to the most greatest potential, is it? Yeah. So maybe you ought to re-examine what it is. That's your, what I call your mentalism, Mm -hmm. right? Which is everything you've ever experienced ever in your life has created some kind of story. And that's what you're working off of. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's like, and that's why you keep making the same, you know, just taking the same action, same results are happening. Right. But then like, it's like to slow it down a little bit, pump the brakes and see what is really happening. What's the habit? Because if you never realize what the habit is, you're going to keep making the same mistake. Yeah. You know, if you keep getting fired at a job hmm, and you keep blaming a bad boss, but it keeps happening, 
me, the common denominator is you. (laughs) I love saying that the common denominator is because it's true. Yeah. You know, I mean, any logical person or any person with any semblance of rationale would be able to figure that out. Yeah. What kills me is that a lot of people don't want to be accountable for that. Mm -hmm. They would prefer to ignore the rationale and work off of the victim mentality or the emotional part. Yeah. But your emotions are, you know, it's like a dog chasing its tail. Whatever you're putting out there is what you're getting back. Yeah. It's a frequency thing. hundred percent. You know, they say like, well, treat others how you want to be treated, right? Like the same thing. And like, we've heard that what, since we were kids, you know, and we're like, okay, yeah, whatever. But it's so true, right? What you put Mm -hmm. out is what you're going to receive. Just like Mm -hmm. karma, right? People are like, I don't believe that. I go, no, it's a real, I think it's a real thing personally. Yeah how are you treat people or how, you know, like if someone dropped something, I'm always quick to like, let me go help, you know? And like, literally this happened the other day, this, this poor couple, they were like at a stop sign. They had all these groceries, right? The trunk Aww. was open. And I told them, I'm like, I don't think they know their trunk is open. And I was going to my sister's and I was like, and he's like, no, maybe they have something sticking out, you know? And I'm like, but there's nothing sticking out. They stop at the stop side and I'm like trying to wave this lady down. <laughs> didn't work. And then she guns it and oh, all no. <laughs> come out oh. oh my gosh so I'm like let's go help them he's like okay I'm like so we go help them and the husband is so mad he was like I can't believe she didn't close the trunk I'm like it's okay like let us help you real quick you know and we helped him and then like he had beer it came out and we were joking like hey at least the beer's fine right like yeah you know, like it's all good and she, poor lady it was mortified she didn't even come out of the car yeah like, okay there's no judgment like if we can help you get all your food out of the street into your car it's all good but it's something that simple I'm like hey I don't want anything in return I'm just helping because I was right there that moment yeah yeah That's, like if yeah, we operate yeah. like that every day like how much good we can actually put out in the world yeah and most importantly, it, the first person who's going to receive it is you. I mean, as soon as you're vibrating at a different frequency, yeah. Um, you know, whatever name you wanted to give that altruism, community, empathy, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that arbitrary scale I was talking about, all of those emotions are right of neutral, which are this higher, more expansive um, vibration, right? And What's so cool about that is that higher, more expansive vibrations are going to benefit you first because it's allowing the body to do what the body wants to do, create serotonin, create dopamine. Um, You're working with your endocrine system, your glandular system to create beneficial hormones, beneficial chemicals. So you're going to feel better. You're going to function better. But if you're choosing a vibration or whatever choices that are left of neutral, you're now creating constricting vibrations that you will also be the first person to feel. So you might have stomach pain. You might have excessive cortisol. You might have adrenal failure. You might have mm-hmm. all these other, you are now working against your neurological endocrine glandular system. And now you're making it harder for your body to do its job simply by a thought. Yeah. Because a thought inspires a choice, yeah. a choice to inspires an action. I mean, it is like boom, 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 all happening in the blink of an eye. And that's why intent is huge. Yeah. And like what you're talking about is the golden rule, all that stuff mm-hmm. and the way that you're choosing to act. 
you don't choose, you don't take the attitude that you have without an intention. You have intentionally selected it, which means that you have a better rate of success for knee-jerk reacting to your advantage because you have set that intention to start with. It's a practice. That's why they call it a practice. Mm -hmm. And so people who don't set that intention are not in control of their thoughts, their choices, their decisions, their actions as much as they would be. Mm-hmm. And so like, you're the answer, you're the problem and the solution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can be the solution and for yourself and then have the benefit of doing it for all these other people just by natural order, yeah. or you can be a problem for yourself. And then by natural order, it's going to be a problem for everybody else. Yeah. yeah. And for people who don't see that, I just want to be like, show me anything in history or in nature where that doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. It might take six months, it might take a year, yeah. but show me anything that says that that's not the way that it works, you yeah. know? Yeah. Call it whatever you want. I don't care what you call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you just slow down and just look, right? And just pay attention to what is happening, right? You know, because someone could, could have been in that same situation and be like, well, it's not my job to help that person. You can look at it that way. But to me, I felt like I was put in that moment because I was supposed to be there earlier to my sisters. And I'm like, how interesting is that? Because instead I'm there actually 20 minutes later and now this car goes by. Now I get the opportunity to help them. Yes, instead of yeah. seeing it like, it's not my problem. Yeah, Yeah, that way, or it's actually a gift that I get to impact that person's life that I may never see again. Yeah, yeah, we're presented all day long with opportunities to go above and beyond what would just be okay. Yeah, if somebody opted, I mean, I'm certainly not saying that a person who saw what you saw and opted not to do anything is gonna like end up in a car wreck, right? It's just that you're setting your own immune system, your own subtle body energy system, your own emotional regulation, your everything. By doing that, you're giving yourself like a boost. You're like giving, like sticking your finger in an energy socket. <laughs> <laughs> and every single day we're presented with this, you know, opportunity to, to do that. Yeah. Um, it's just, a, it's a, a really intentional way of living. It's, uh, it's hard though. Mm-hmm. It, it can be really hard. I'm, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, my road rage sometimes is like, I'm shocked what comes out of my mouth. So, <laughs> so it's not like I'm always walking to talk either, but you know, we're all work in progress, you know, like we're all yeah. triggered by things. And every time we're triggered, like we got to work through that. And where's that coming from? You know? So it's right. like, no one's perfect. You know, I always say everyone's perfectly imperfect. So embrace that, you know, like, and if you do a couple good things and you do one bad thing, like it's okay. You're still, yes. <laughs> you're going to make mistakes, you know? Like, yeah. I, I just don't think that there's it. any perfect way to do anything. I, I mean, I just, that is an, that is an expectation that shouldn't even be out there. I think just the entire experience of life on earth is a, is a um, polarity. It's a duality. I mean, that's the way it's set up. So, I mean, it's a learning experience. And if you go about it from that angle, mm-hmm. just changes, it changes things. Like you are never, unity is not going to happen on this planet. That was not the setup. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, unity creates duality and duality is light, dark, good, bad, up, down. Like, yeah. You you know, where do you want to position yourself in that? That's, that's the question. 
Yeah, no, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, such good insight. Yeah. No, thanks for like bring all that in and sharing <laughs> all that. I love it all. I could talk about it all day. <laughs> like, like, you know, I think it's not, so what rec- what would you advice would you give someone who is noticing things happening to them, but they're afraid of it or they want to learn a little bit more? You know, where would you tell someone to start? Gosh, that's a big question. Um, I guess the first thing that I would say to somebody is if it feels uncomfortable or scary, it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. And I really do feel that when a person comes to a place where something's pulling them Mm -hmm. to look at something or grow or is putting them in a very uncomfortable situation, Mm -hmm. it is whatever you want to call it, the universe, just for the sake of agreement, whatever, um, it's intentional. You're at a crux point. If you're all of a sudden becoming aware and you're all of a sudden curious and you want to start learning or you want to start digging, you have been, I don't know how to explain it, but somehow you're at a crux point. Mm-hmm. You're at like a, a converging road mm-hmm. and, or a diverging road or whatever, you know, and like um, embrace the fact that it feels scary. Maybe start even journaling, which sounds kind of elementary but just write down what you're feeling. Um, here's one that I think is so important. We all have um, energy, right? And we all have like extra energy reserves and buildups of energy. So it's extremely important that a person relieves that energy mm-hmm. and you want to be able to relieve it in the most positive way possible. So and I, I preface that because If you feel compelled to cry, you need to let that happen because Mm -hmm. that take the judgment out of what you think crying is weak, scary. I won't be able to stop. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Let it happen because that is your system's way of trying to release energy. Some people don't aren't criers. They're Mm -hmm. sweaters. Okay. Sweat then. Or um, if you feel better after a sweat session, go find a place to sweat. If you are, some people burn off energy through exercise, then do that. Some people burn off energy through sex. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that in a positive way, if you're married and you have whatever, you know, Hey, benefit for everybody, but understand your body's, um, your system's signs Mm -hmm. of how it relieves energy. Yeah. Um, energy needs to be released for toxic purposes. So when somebody starts getting curious, they're being called to do this work and they're going to be called to release energy as a result and to not stop that. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you're going to scream at the top of your lungs at your child. Oh, I'm releasing energy. No, 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 no. that's right. not what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> you should have done something before you got to that point. Right. Mm. So I would say that kind of thing. And then, you know, find a guide, even if it's a podcast like this, or you yourself as a coach or me with an energy reading or your pastor or your priest or a book. Um, it's really important that you have a place to start figuring out what's happening with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as a lifelong spiritual journey person, I can tell you that one spot is not going to be the end all be all for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I was raised traditionally in the Lutheran church. And as an adult, I have a lot of really positive things to say about religion 
of any kind. I also have some negative things to say about it, but like, for example, I bring it up because that as a traditional spiritual education did not connect for me as, as a kid at all. Mm -hmm. And so challenge the things that you have been taught. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say. And I think that understand that emotions are energy. Mm-hmm. I keep saying that, but that means that they have a frequency mm-hmm. and they are doing things to you. <laughs> so yeah. if you journal, you should probably write down some of the more prominent emotions that you feel on a consistent basis, because that is your energy signature. That is what I mm-hmm. am reading off of a person. Yeah is the main themes that are occurring. Mm -hmm. And so if it is tangible enough for someone like myself to be able to translate it and to read it like a book, then it's worth you knowing what it is. Mm, Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Oh, thanks for giving all the insights. So share with the listeners how they can find you. If they want to get in touch with you, your social media accounts. Sure. Yeah. Um, so on Instagram, the best way to find me probably, I have two accounts. So one's Allison at home. I think it's Allison underscore at home, mm-hmm. which is like a lot more real estate stuff. Cause remember I still do have sharing some money. Um, <laughs> but then the other one is the energist, which I think is the, I should know this terrible. I'm like turning into my mom about social media. Um, I think it's B underscore energist, mm-hmm. but you can find me by my name, Allison McClintic. Tick, which is M-C-C-L-I-N-T-I-C-K. Um, or you can find me at 248-897-1038. Mm-hmm. Send me a text. Um, I have a website, alisonmcclintic.com. But again, there's a lot of real estate stuff there. But just shoot me a message and tell me what you're looking for. Mm, awesome. Thank you so much, Allison. Thank you. I love that you do so much and you wear so <laughs> many different hats and you get so excited about everything you talk about. Yeah. I love that. Like if, if you're not proved to listeners and to people out there that you can do more than one thing, you mm-hmm. do multiple things. You don't have to be categorized to one thing because you're living proof that you can do multiple things and s- still, you know, be at peace and be able to help people in different ways. A hundred percent. Yeah. Thank well, you so much for having so me. Much. Thank you so much for being on. And I can't wait for all the listeners to tune in and, and I will also share your links too. So everyone can find you, you know, once I'm released. Well, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.